Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday. Really excited to be talking about Duke football this time of year as they had such an impressive victory last week against UCF in the Military Bowl. We are going to break it all down and look at what's next for the Duke football program here on today's episode of the podcast. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke athletics. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can listen to our show Five days a week. Watch the show daily on YouTube as well. Subscribe on that YouTube platform. We're continuing our rise towards 1,000 subscribers. Would love to get that done sometime this year. That would be amazing for the program. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube here today. Uh, Also on today's program, so excited to have my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast back with me. We recapped Duke football yesterday. Today we'll shift things up and talk about this Duke football team who picked up an impressive victory in the Military Bowl. Josh, you were on hand. Tell me about the atmosphere. What was that like to be there? Uh, If you have never gone to a bowl game, which I know we haven't had options in the last four years, but if you've never gone to a bowl game, I want to encourage you to make time and go go to bowl games. Um, They are so much fun. The fan base travels. Um, people who have not been able to be at games all season, you know, make some time to come to these games. The Military Bowl did a really good job of festivities the day before, festivities the morning of, and um, it was just a special time, man. The atmosphere was great. Duke fans showed up, man. We were we had to be double uh, the UCF fan base um, up there. That whole side of the stadium was packed with Duke fans and. Um, yeah, it was it was a really great environment. And then, obviously, the most important thing there is to play on the field. And Coach Elko and his staff um, had our team ready, and we came out and did what we needed to do, dominated, in my opinion, from start to finish, and uh, got the win. Final score, 30-13. to 13. Again, the Military Bowl there in Annapolis. Uh, what was the crowd split like? Was or Did you see a lot of Duke Blue walking around? Did you see – um, some of the central night black and gold. What did it look like? Yeah, so I think um, the, the, it seats 34,000. Uh, so you have two sides. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I would say it was 60. It was it was one-third UCF, two-thirds Duke. Um, and obviously it helps because the drive up from, from Durham is only four and a half hours. It also helps – the drive down from New York, the Northeast, is only three to four hours, depending on where they're at. And obviously, those are two hotbeds of Duke alumni, including Washington, D.C., which is right there beside Annapolis. So I think we were uniquely positioned to have a good number of people there. And UCF also, <clears throat> probably there were some uh, UCF fans that fell victim to the Southwest Airlines debacle uh, that just so happened to be the day before. Uh, the bowl game and, and obviously point. went into the day of the game and after. So, you know, but I, all that to say, we had said leading up to it that we felt like Duke was more focused and prepared 
than UCF. Uh, UCF had lost a lot of guys to the portal. They were trying to piece their their roster together. And so it showed. It really did show uh, in the game. So you take a look at this game. Again, the final score, 30-13 to 13 for Duke. Uh, a little bit of a back-and-forth start to the ball game, but then really in that second half controlled all by the Blue Devils. Riley Leonard, 19 of 28 passing, 173 yards through the air. Uh, Duke did a lot of impressive things on the ground as well, running the football. What did you think of the offensive split, passing, rushing? Were you okay with it? Was one greater than the other? What did you see? Well, I mean, I think we dominated the line of scrimmage, right? So at the end of the day, UCF did come in on the offensive line side uh, as the number one non-Power 5 offensive line in the country. I felt our defensive line did a great job. I mean, six quarterback sacks from that defense. I know we're not talking about defense right now, so we'll get there. Uh, But on the offensive side, I felt like our offensive line did great. Um, uh, Graham Barton in this game, uh, I believe it was 32 snaps with no – no QB hurries or no QB sacks. I mean, things like that. I I thought the splits were great. I felt like Jaquez Moore had a really good game at running back. I felt like Jalen Coleman had one especially good run um, there at running back. And Terry Moore, we saw a little bit of him. I felt like Jordan Waters struggled in this game, and I honestly felt like Jordan Waters has struggled from the pit game on just to find his footing and to really find the hole and get there. He tiptoes a lot, takes a lot of time up. I felt like the other three guys were really effective in this game. Uh, rushing the ball. And then, of course, Riley. I mean, Riley rushing the ball. And he picks his spots for sure. Um, I wish that he would run the ball a little bit more than what he does, but he picks his spots. And so the rushing game was highly effective. And then, you know, we got back a fan favorite in Eli Pankle, and he had a couple of catches. One of them was a very important catch <clears throat> across the middle there for sure. And then, you know, you get your, Jaylen, your, your steady guys, your Jordan Moores, your Jalen Calhouns. They're going to get you. I thought Cole Finney had a really good catch coming across the field on a key uh, spot in the game. Uh, Riley hit him on the run. And so and that's big because Nicky Dalmallon's been out and was out, out for this game as well. So I like what Kevin Johns did. I love the trick play where Riley looked off and walked away a little bit, and then they direct snapped to to, uh, to Jaquez Moore. I love that as well. So a little bit of creativity in there as well. So, hey, yeah, I loved it. I was I was there for it. All right, so this Duke team, 30-13 to 13, the final score, three touchdowns scored, all rushing efforts, two rushing touchdowns by the quarterback, Riley Leonard. Jaquez Moore had a rushing touchdown as well, and then three field goals made for Todd Polino. We'll touch on him in just a little bit. Do want to talk about the defensive side of the football, and let's save that for the other side of our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. LinkedIn is a proud presenting sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. And as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. LinkedIn makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on the job qualifications all on one platform. This is exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Duke is the military bowl champions following their 30-13 to win over UCF. The defense was absolutely dominant. Two turnovers on the day. Darius Joyner has a fumble recovery. Chandler Rivers has an interception. Cam Dillon was outstanding uh, as he shined in Shaka Hayward's absence. They got after the quarterback. Sacks galore. I mean, what else do you want to say? What can you say about this defensive effort from Duke? Man, they showed up. And once again, they are led and anchored by those two interior defensive linemen, Jamion Franklin and team captain Dwayne Carter. Those guys, it begins with them. They set the tones. Now, a lot of their stuff doesn't show up in stat lines, and we understand that. Um, but it was very big. I mean, we we knew uh, about a week before the game that it, that Shaka was not going to be playing. And honestly, there's uh, there's really – people have been asking us why. It's not our story to tell, so there could be some medical things there. It could be a decision that he made, um, e- either one. But all that to say, Cam Dillon and Trey Freeman start at linebacker. And I, ju- I would just like to read you Cam Dillon's stat. Yeah. He has nine total tackles, leads the team. Two sacks uh, for a total of negative 20 yards. So they weren't like – I mean, they were legit sacks. Yeah. Um, Tackles for losses. My man was all over the place. And and, and then shout out to Trey Freeman. Trey Freeman had a sack as well. Um, And then Dorian Moose, he came in and they rotated some. And I thought Dorian played well. And Dorian had struggled a little bit in the the second half of the season. So the linebacking crew was great. Darius Jordan, okay, six sacks total from the, from the defense. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, The Darius Joyner sack looked like he literally got launched like out of a a cannon. He was a cannonball. Like he comes out of there. Like he was in the, he was in the backfield. I mean, he was in the secondary. He comes up as Plumlee is kind of rolling out to the left and then all of a sudden, Joyner just decides to go after him, and it was like split second. He had just pounded him into the ground. So, like, the defense was great. Chandler Rivers got his first career interception. I thought Chandler actually had a really good day um, overall as well. And, um, I mean, you hold an offense like UCF, a quarterback like John Rice Plumley, to 13 points. That is a major, major success. You're going to win a whole lot of football games doing that. Yeah, what a performance it was for Duke and Mike Elko himself, the defensive guru that he is and loves to take care of that side of the ball. Gus Malzahn, the head coach for UCF, absolutely known for his offense. I'm glad you highlighted how successful they were at scoring the football this season and uh, really struggled in this military bowl against Duke. Really awesome also to see some of those seniors. I thought it was very poignant. I know you guys had a conversation with Riley Leonard that folks can still go back and listen to mm-hmm. um, on uh, on the Section 17 podcast feed, kind of talking about the preparation for the Military Bowl. It's a long time from Thanksgiving weekend till December 28th when we played this game. And for Riley Leonard on your show, uh, being a young sophomore, to talk about how much it meant to him for seniors and veterans of the program to get an opportunity like this, one speaks to Riley Leonard, but then secondly, yeah, it is cool to highlight some of those guys mm-hmm. that have been wearing that Duke football uniform for a long time that got to end their career like this. Listen, the culture that Mike Elko, David Feely, Kevin Johns, Rob Smith, the big four there, I'll, I'll give, and there, and there are others, obviously, but those are the coordinators, the head coach, and the strength and conditioning guy. Um, 
every other team in the country. I'm assuming maybe Clemson. I didn't look into what they're doing. I know that Dabo has a way to keep his guys around, but we had every available player play in this game, including the three young men who had already declared uh, to be grad transfers in the transfer portal. Uh, Tony Davis uh, dressed and played in this game. Rocky Shelton dressed and played in this game. Daryl Harding dressed and played in this game. Um, there, that is something special. Sure. When, when not only are your seniors, your older guys, you know, they're playing in this game at the end of the day, when your transfers are even saying, Hey, listen, I'm transferring. I've got to go do this. What's best for me. But before I leave, I'm going to take part of this bowl game to me. That just, that tells you everything you know. And Riley did mention, I'm not sure if this was on our podcast or in the regular media he mentioned that the fact that all of those guys are doing that really helps him when he gets to that point in his career. It helps him to know what he needs to do to be the best leader. And so that just teaches, tells you, I think Riley's one of those guys that's going to, he's not going to be an opt outer. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not going to be one of those guys. Even if he has a great season next year and goes pro, I feel like he's going to be a guy who's going to you know, stick it around for the bowl game and things like that. So, yeah, you're right. You're exactly, you, you picked up on that from Riley and, and it speaks a lot about Riley and the culture of, of the, the program. Duke finishes nine and four on the season. Pretty awesome stuff from the blue devils. Let's take our last time out here on today's show. Make sure you follow locked on blue devils on Twitter at L O underscore blue devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore again, locked on blue devils, a podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review on the Apple Podcast platform. The algorithms absolutely love when you take the time to do that. Subscribe to our show on YouTube when you watch it every single day as well. All right, here we are, the final few moments on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson, alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast. Got to give Todd Polino some love from the bowl game before we move forward. Three of three, had a season-long, nearly 50-yarder in the game for Duke as well. Really cool to see those special team guys get their moments to shine. And that field goal right at the end of the half fired up the entire team. Like, all of that was really cool to watch. Yeah, he's a true freshman. He's 18 years old. He's a young true freshman. Um, And we have three more years of that. And, you know – during the season this past year, I believe it was heading in. Uh, I forget what game it was. Miami game, maybe. Uh, he finds out on a Friday night. It was Miami game. He finds out on a Friday night that, hey, tomorrow morning, that 12 o'clock game, it's all you, man. Yeah. And so. Your turn. Um, yeah, exactly. Here you are, true freshman. You know, uh, take us home. And, uh, and, and certainly he will get stronger. I believe he'll be able – you'll see his distance improve through throughout the offseason and as he gets older. But, man, his accuracy is is just – he's spot on. And he's a great kid. We have a running joke with him uh, that, you know, we love we love our kickers. and um, But you don't really – you can't really get the love you need until you actually hit a 40-yarder. And so he didn't hit a 40-yarder for a few games. Now he has. And so we were actually sitting close enough at the bowl game where after he hit the 40, he came out after halftime and we're like – we're yelling his name and we're like, yes, like 48. And he's like cracking up laughing. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, Todd Polino is going to be a staple for Duke in the next three seasons. And I think we're in good hands, uh, on the field goal kicking for sure. Remarkable to see. Absolutely love that. And, uh, excited for the future for him and this Duke football program moving forward. 
Uh, signing day has also come and gone for the Stoop football team, put together a really impressive class. In fact, later in the week, everyone knows about Locked On's awesome partnership with our guys at Sports Illustrated. On the basketball side, the director of recruiting, Jason Jordan, the football side, John Garcia Jr. John Garcia Jr. will be on the show later to talk about the signing class in full detail. But the future, now there's like a, a standard, right? And talking about mm-hmm. recruiting, it's so impressive that you were able to put together the class that Duke was without knowing what exactly Mike Elko was going to look like, right? So many of these guys committed to a program that went mm-hmm. three and nine just mere months ago. And now they watched this entire season played out. They stayed loyal to their commitment. They watched a nine and four football team. Like people should be really, really excited about the future of this program. Yeah. And 10 of the 26 uh, players are enrolling early and will be a part of spring ball. And that's another big thing. We know that. JJ, for the most part, especially on the freshman side, uh, true freshman, if you're going to produce most of the time in your freshman season, you're not going to redshirt and you're going to actually be, you know, you're going to be there for spring ball. Chandler Rivers, VJ Anthony this past season uh, were both there for spring ball. And so um, I think it's important for Duke as many of them as, as can get enrolled early. And that's that's better. I think last year there were seven, maybe eight. So this year there's 10. So as we continue to grow that number, I don't know, uh, there's a lot of factors there, academics, a lot of things. I mean, some of those guys want to stay at home and finish their senior season like a normal kid. Like, I get that. But at the end of the day, it does help the football program out. Obviously, uh, this this class, according to Coach Elko, captained by Grayson Loftus, who you've had on the show here and interviewed. um, And he really is looking to Grayson to be a leader. Um, in this group, and obviously Grayson's coming into a unique situation with, you know, an all ACC performing quarterback ahead of him, another guy, Henry Beelan ahead of him, um, who has a cannon for an arm right. and just needs to be refined. Um, but I mean, Duke's in Duke's in good hands. And so recruiting has been great. And I don't see any reason why we're not going to build upon what we did this past season. Josh, it's always fun to talk about the Stuke football squad, a season in the books here in 2022. Uh, give some love, if you will, one more time to your podcast that you guys have moving and rolling there at Section 17. I've caught up on all the episodes now that the year has come to a close and, and really just want to tip my cap to what you guys do there. Thanks, JJ. We appreciate you having uh, me on pretty much every week. And, um, and and yeah, we love Duke football. Um, you know, I talk Duke basketball in here. I talk some NBA on here as well. I personally love that stuff. But as far as our podcast is concerned, uh, we are Duke football centric. And so um, we have had the privilege this season of having uh, media credentials. And so we get a little bit of an inside look at the program. We try to communicate that uh, from a unique perspective. Uh, so go to dukefootballtalk.com. You can see all of our podcast episodes there, our articles that we've written. Um, you can you can uh, see our shop there where you can buy gear, uh, turn the music up gear. Right now, $10 is going to uh, Mike and Michelle Elko's charity of choice, which is the National MS Society. Um, and then obviously following us. If you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we're both at Duke FB Talk. Uh, on Facebook, just search for Duke Football Talk. But we appreciate it as, as Locked On does. Uh, ratings and reviews on Apple. Uh, ratings are really big. Reviews are even bigger. All right, so uh, leave a couple sentences there. Uh, Spotify lets you um, now you know rate, and so five-star ratings for both of our podcasts would be awesome. And so next year, JJ, we have already kind of floated it out to some of our loyal listeners 
YouTube is in the works for us next week, uh, next year. And so we are looking forward to that. We've already got our channel up, but it's kind of private. It's kind of private right now. We just have a, we've got like 50, 60 followers, subscribers that we've just kind of reached out to. We're going to promote it big time uh, here in the off season. And uh, we'll like you, we're going to be on that race to get to a thousand. Josh, thanks as always for all the time this year and uh, looking forward to continuing to talk basketball with you each and every week. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. JJ, have a great one, man. That's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast joining us here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.